Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson from the Order for Evening Prayer from the Book of Common Prayer 1928. These reflections are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church in Tyler, Texas. Today is Wednesday of the 19th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 27. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and, de and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children, or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free? Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, that take, and given to them for me and thee. Why could we not cast it out, the disciples asked, concerning the demon they had failed to exercise? Because of your unbelief. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This is an intriguing passage for many reasons. Let me clear up a confusion or red herring right at the beginning. When Jesus says that if we have faith we can actually move mountains, how many of us really believe he's promising us the power of mega-levitation? Commentators are united in believing that Jesus is not speaking literally, and many believe he was referring to a saying of the day or merely using hyperbole. The truly intriguing thing, however, is that there seems to be degrees of belief. Didn't the disciples know who Jesus was to some degree? And didn't they truly have some measure of faith in him? Yes, he often chided them for being little faiths, but they did have a measure of faith. Certainly, they were able to cast out demons in Matthew 10, where Jesus gives the disciples power to cast out unclean spirits. These are the men who followed Jesus when he said, Follow me. So I think that there are degrees of faith. It's possible to truly know who Jesus Christ is and believe in him, and yet have such a weak faith that little progress is made in the spiritual life, and life seems like a range of mountains arrayed against us. 
I'm also intrigued by the fact that although the disciples cast out demons earlier, they were unable to cast this one out. On the one hand, Jesus says it's because of their lack of faith. But he later says that this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There must be something about prayer and fasting that allows for greater power to exercise demons. There must be something about prayer and fasting that increases faith. What do prayer and fasting have in common? Both of them require humility. To pray means you must acknowledge yourself to be too weak to accomplish the good that you want to see done. It also means giving up your always doing things and being in charge, as well as giving up your time and energy. To fast means to choose to go without something you need, so that you may be brought closer to God. Both prayer and fasting, therefore, are related to love, the giving up of oneself for another. We don't have many details in this story, but it seems likely that the disciples had attempted to cast out the demon by their own power. Maybe they remembered how easy it was earlier, when Jesus had given them power to do it. Maybe Jesus gave them an extra measure of grace at that point, to demonstrate his power over the demons. And maybe the disciples had assumed that Jesus would always give them this same measure of grace, and that they wouldn't have to seek God to exercise this demon. Or maybe that's just me speaking. That's the way it goes in my life a lot of the time. Sometimes things seem to work by themselves, even though I know it's only by the grace of God. And sometimes they're a lot harder, and not due to any difference in conditions that I can discern. Life with God is an unpredictable one, I find, and I think God uses this unpredictability to keep me coming back to Him. Sometimes I pray and turn to God, and He blesses me with success in apparent ways. Other times I pray and turn to God, and He seems to say no and withhold blessings. Sometimes I don't pray, and things seem to go okay. Other times I don't pray, and things go horribly. When I pray to God and all seems right with the world, I should keep doing what is working, praying and turning to God. When I pray and things don't go so well, I should persevere and cry out all the more and seek the presence of God more. When I don't pray and things go well, I should remember God's grace and come back to thank Him and begin praying. And when I don't pray and things go horribly, then I know I must pray. I find that in three out of these four cases, I'm tempted to stop praying or turning to God. When I pray and God is clearly merciful and blessing me, I'm tempted to give up some and to ease up on my prayer and enjoy His fruits without Him. When I pray and things are still hard, I'm prone to become discouraged. And when I don't pray and things go well, I'm deluded into thinking they'll always be good without Him. Ah, but when I haven't been turning to God and things go horribly, then my heart is pierced and I know it's time to turn to Him again. It's as if God has created this feedback loop, so that even when we fail Him, sometimes most when we fail Him, He uses this to bring us closer to Him. Isn't that just like God? That even our times of unfaithfulness can become a means of blessing, if only we would turn back to Him. If only we had the faith and faithfulness of mustard seed, we could move mountains. Where God wants us is with Him, in prayer and in life. How blessed are those who are so constant in their faith that for better for worse, for richer for poorer, in sickness and in health, they continue to turn to their Lord in all things. Fasting is one of the ways we can remember our poverty without God and our hunger for Him. And if we will not fast from ourselves at certain times, then God himself will impose fasts on us, if that's what it takes for us to have faith and allow that faith to grow. Consider your life today. Where are the mountains that you would like to move, and where are the possessed children in your life? How have you been attempting to move these mountains, on your own, or with prayer and fasting? Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a presentation of Always With Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.